Hello and welcome to Comic Book Fix, the new comic show from your friends on the Fix Podcast Network. I'm Sam and I'll be your host today. Uh, on today's episode, we'll be discussing WandaVision Episode 4, Junji Ito's Cat Diary, Yon and Moo, and Daredevil Issue 26. On this fine episode, I'm joined by Erica. Hello. So um, we'll skip straight into this week's required reading. Uh, required reading for this week was uh, WandaVision Episode 4. Uh, however, this is the first week that we've had Erica on the pod. Um, Erica's one of the main rotating hosts, along with all the other guys. Um, but uh, I'm trying to get everyone on kind of one episode at a time. Uh, and she drew the short straw and came last. <laughs> so um, I drew the busiest did... straw, I think, is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the hardest yeah. to get a hold of. <laughs> um. So let's talk about the first few episodes of WandaVision. So um, what did you think of um, the kind of the first three episodes? And uh, before we get into episode four, do you have any theories as to what's going on? Um, so, okay. <laughs> so the first couple of episodes, I was, I was pretty into it. Like, I think that it helped that I watched it in a really short amount of time. Like, I watched the first two episodes on Wednesday, and I watched the third and fourth episodes today. Um, and I think that that's kind of... I think maybe that's why I'm enjoying it more than I think some other people have been, <laughs> because I really do think that that's, this feels like a binge-watch kind of show, and especially that it's only half an hour long. Um, well, that's also my favorite thing about it is that it's so short. I feel like every show wants to be an hour right now. And I, it's harder for me to give my energy to an hour long TV show than it is for me to give it to a half an hour show. I was so excited <laughs> when I found out it was only mm. a half an hour. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. It's It's been working well for me, I should say. Like, I... I think the first episode hit hard because it really just stuck with the gimmick pretty much the whole time. And I think that that was, you know, for effect, but I think that it also, maybe that's why it lost some people then was just like, Oh, okay. It's a sitcom <laughs> with a laugh track and, you know, but I think also I, my mom grew up on, you know, I love Lucy reruns and so I grew up on I Love Lucy reruns <laughs> as well and so I kind of appreciated where it was drawing from uh, a lot of the times and like I mean I, I haven't watched a lot of like Bewitched or you know the Brady Bunch or any of those other shows that they seem to pull from for the, like the first three episodes but um, I, I have seen episodes of them so I kind of you know get the reference anyway and it, I think it works well for me. Like, I think it's very funny. I think it's well acted. Um, and I, I laughed a lot, but it also leaves in enough unsettling behavior to keep me really interested for like the long haul. Like, Oh, where's this going? <laughs> this is really weird. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Um, as for, the as theories, for yeah. theories, yeah. Um, I think, I think most of the, the theories that I had going in to episode four were pretty more or less confirmed, you know, like, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, well, I don't know if we're going to get right into it, that just, you know, it seems like it's all Wanda <laughs> doing this at this point. Um, I think that also the, the other 
the other main thing that I'm assuming at this point is just that maybe everybody else is kind of in on it or knows at least somewhat of what's going on here. Um, maybe it's, you know, related to sword. Maybe it's, you know, like a weird, I think I saw somebody say on Twitter, like maybe it's a prison. I could see that maybe <laughs> that it's like a sword yeah. prison. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that, uh, that, I'm excited about <laughs> to find out where it goes, but I also have been avoiding too much in terms of like people who probably know more about this cast of characters than I do. Like I've just kind of been trying to avoid a little bit of it. <laughs> but I also was very excited that we to find out that we were reviewing this because of our lost episode zero of this podcast where we reviewed Tom King's <laughs> vision yeah, <laughs> and, and then the file got messed up and it's lost to time. So, you know, it feels like full circle. We finally get to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, fun Tom King fact. Uh, he posted on Twitter today that he used to live opposite Randall Park, who plays Jimmy <laughs> Woo. And, That's weird. Uh, he was like best friends with his brother growing up so oh. the guy who plays agent jimmy woo in a tv show semi based on the vision used to hang out at the guy who wrote the vision's house while he was growing up <laughs> that's fun that's a, that's really fun <laughs> yeah um so uh in terms of theories like yeah i think episode 4 really distinctly gives you the wonder is doing it yeah. impression um i think um i'll go i'll very loosely describe episode four so if you haven't seen the show i mean every week we've been basically spoiling the hell out of it so <laughs> uh, i'm sorry if you've been listening and you haven't watched it um you should stop listening to the podcast uh, and watch it or you can use the timestamps to skip around um and it's only half an hour <laughs> yeah exactly um i mean it's only like two hours to watch the whole thing so far isn't it basically yeah, exactly you could watch the all of this and not finish avengers endgame <laughs> um yeah so like i think the, the the basic plot of episode four is what's been happening outside um so they're showing you what like what the the, the outside view of Westview and what what is happening in WandaVision and the like the episodes that we have been watching uh the first three episodes are like select episodes from a like live 24/7 sitcom channel that somebody probably Wanda is uh, broadcasting out from Westview, which appears to be a town that she has taken over and then taken off the map. Um, and the, the the big kind of revelation, I guess, this week, for those who, uh, unlike uh, me and Jeff were talking about this a little bit off air, unlike the, if you haven't been paying attention to the casting, um, that the Geraldine from episodes one, uh, from episodes two and three is uh, Monica Rambeau, who is Lieutenant Trouble in Captain Marvel, the the young the young girl. Um Monica Rambeau, uh obviously in the Marvel Universe is the uh black Captain Marvel. So 
sorry, Ms. Marvel. I think she went by Ms. Marvel, actually. And she's called Photon now. Um, she's got, like, she basically gets turned into, like, a being of living energy. And um, so you do there's something. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just happened. Um, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's uh, interesting. Maybe they go that way with this character uh, because of something that Wanda's doing. Um yeah. Um, oh, and the other thing that you don't that you get from this episode that we didn't really get before is the confrontation between Wanda and Geraldine. That wasn't in episode three, was it? Like they just kind of cut. Um. No, there was like there was somewhat of it. We didn't see her being like flown through the walls and like out out of the bubble or whatever. Um. But we did we did see her get like angry with her, like telling her to like like. Why, what's that necklace you know why are you here kind of a thing um but not 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 the full extent that we got this time yeah and we didn't see um creepy dead vision yeah very creepy <laughs> yeah uh, my my lovely wife was like oh that was really creepy wasn't it like after the episode had finished <laughs> yeah you know it's definitely giving me some you know like uh kingdom hospital vibes um some chilling adventures of sabrina vibes like mm. just very i don't know like it, it's unsettling <laughs> especially those like quick flashes of you know horror i guess yeah and i think it's interesting as well that this episode's filmed fully as if it was a modern show rather than um how the previous episodes of which have been filmed in the manner of the time period, so they've kept the same camera angles and right. they've only diverted when something weird has happened. I love Whereas, the changes in like the aspect ratio. Oh my god, every time it happens I'm just like, Oh, this is so cool. <laughs> what a like what a what a good idea. <laughs> yeah, it's a really cool signal to you that something really weird is about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think that's really smart, uh, Matt. Like, I think that's one of the smartest things that they've done. It's like the not just making it a modern cinematic aspect ratio with these old shows, but try to replicate the shows. Right. Like, even to the point of like the huge black bars on the side <laughs> of like a 4K HDR <laughs> stream from <laughs> Disney Plus. And yeah, and I think it's very effective. I think that you know those episodes where they're doing more sitcom-y things. It, it works well, and I think now that it's signaling the shift, like, okay, we're getting away from that, and now we're going to look at the outer world. Like, it really, like, hammers that in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we mentioned earlier uh, Randall Park's Agent Jimmy Wu from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely one of my favorite Marvel supporting characters in years. Um the the joke in Ant Man and the Wasp where he's trying to learn close up magic, uh, because uh, Paul Rudd, uh, Scott Lang has learned it and he thinks he's really cool. <laughs> and so the like one of the other agents walks into his office and he's watching online close up magic university online and he just like <laughs> throws up a set of cards. Uh, it's good to see that he's mastered it because when he meets Monica Rambeau he does that reveal like where he flicks the card out of his hand um, and I was like oh they've remembered that joke 
Yeah, it's a very, it's a really cute throwback to that too. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, and we we saw Doctor Darcy Lewis. Yes. Um, yeah, Kathleen's character Thor from movies. Thor. <laughs> yeah, which in the Thor movies, I remember actively not liking her character, but so far I've I don't have any complaints, you know, for for her so far. But I think that it's just she hasn't been on for much. <laughs> yeah, I think the the reason that she doesn't work so much in the first two Thor movies is he she's like the comic relief. Yeah, when Chris Hemsworth is a really funny actor. Yeah, and so if. It feels like there's two comic relief characters in each scene, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally does. Yeah, that that probably is exactly why. Um, and I think that's why th- one of the reasons why Thor Ragnarok works so well is that they realise that Chris Hemsworth is funny and actually <laughs> let him be funny. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, like, seeing all the sword stuff was really cool. Like, seeing that um, Maria founded Sword and she was the director of Sword... Um, finding out that she was dead in like the first two minutes of the episode was a was a bit sad. Yeah. Aww. Um But it was very cool to see all the people unsnapping or unblipping. Yeah. In the hospital, that was, really that cool. was is a really great way to open the episode. I thought. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that part of me too. The first time it happened, I was like, I didn't realize where we were because I, I, you know, Same. I saw. I saw her getting, you know, at the end of episode three, I saw her, all the helicopters and the lights and everything. So I'm like, wait a second, this isn't right. And so I didn't, it didn't click with me immediately what was going on. And then once it did, I was like, oh, oh, (laughs) oh, this is a a fun spot to pop in, I guess. Yeah, for me, I didn't realize it until I saw like three or four people coming in. (laughs) Like the first, when I saw her come in, I was like, oh. That may be something like she's been br- pulled back into WandaVision and like they're doing a hospital sitcom episode or something. Yeah, that's what I think that's what I initially was thinking too is like, oh, okay, we're doing like a house type or something. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. Um, but yeah, and the fact that they're still calling it the blip, which is like the joke from Spider Man Far From Home, is very funny. <laughs> um, I like that they've not lost like this is the first marvel movie that has like marvel thing even not movie that has like some elements of horror and like um like disturbing content to it but they still haven't lost the comedy from the previous stuff yeah and i i'm sure we're gonna talk about this a little later as well but um for me personally i don't like horror movies um i Mm. tend to not like horror tv shows either um, but I really like horror books. <laughs> um, and uh, so I was kind of expecting to, once I realized, like, okay, this is kind of more of, like, a thriller and not, like, you know, a cute, because uh, like, I didn't watch any any of the trailers or anything. I, I just kind of went into it pretty blind. Um, and uh, I think I thought it was going to be a, a little more campy and goofy than it was and then when i saw that it was kind of headed a little more horror ish i was like "Mm, maybe not but i think it hasn't overstayed its welcome and honestly i think my biggest issue with horror is i just hate jump scares because they get me every time (laughs) so and i feel like a goof every time (laughs) so i uh i i've been appreciating the the sprinkled in elements and and also like how creepy is even just you know seeing that helicopter the one thing that's in color 
that episode mm. or you know the beekeeper, the beekeeper coming out of super like creepy super creepy i'm like whoa what is happening here i don't understand what this world is about at all <laughs> and that was kind of fun to see his origin as well in this episode yeah. but like where's that guy like is he just dead <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> like who knows maybe um, I thought it was really cool that they kind of explain that stuff when it goes into the one into Westview, it comes out as it is in Westview. Like they pull the skipping rope out, and like um, and I think the things that have come out of there, like her clothes, like Geraldine's, well Monica's clothes and hair are both seventies <laughs> when she comes out, and they weren't when she and she's wearing like a bulletproof vest when she walks in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that it's really cool to establish that like it is its own little mini universe. Like that's really smart, and that whatever's happening there is happening there, like in the in the physical sense. Yeah, it's really happening. It's not like a a shared dream or something. Yeah, because that's that was I think the original thing when we first hear, um, uh. Agent Wu talking to mm. what well, we didn't know at the time, but we're talking to Wanda uh, via the radio. That I think, like, at first I was like, oh, is she in a coma? Like, is this a coma? <laughs> and, and so I, I was a little bit mildly disappointed, like, thinking, okay, maybe this is a coma, you know, and that's a little boring. But seeing that this is happening, like, in a weird alternate universe bubble kind of thing is very interesting to me i'm very excited to watch the next one yeah i think this one is probably the first one like i've always wanted to be like oh i want to see what happens next but i think this particular episode because it contextualizes the mystery from the first few is like a really smart smart one for them to pick the other thing that i really enjoyed is uh uh the the more modern camera angles that you get to see of Wanda with her, like, blank face. Right. Where, like, the Wanda that is aware of what's happening is very much, like... It's almost like there's two Wanders and one of them is the villain and one of them is the hero of the show, you know? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. And you only get a a tiny, tiny touch of that, like, that first episode with the, the choking scene... Um, and then, you know, then you get it a little bit more in episode two and then a little bit more in episode three. And it's just kind of really building on itself in an interesting way. Yeah, I'm super interested to see uh, further down the line what because they've announced that Wanda's in the new Doctor Strange movie mm. as like one of the main characters. And I'm very interested to see what how she comes out of WandaVision and what that means for Doctor Strange. Yeah. That, that's going to be a, a really interesting movie, I think. Let's move out of the required reading section and into the pull list. Okay. So uh, this week for pull list, uh, you have brought a sequel to last week's episode. <laughs> Accidentally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know when I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you brought uh, Junji Ito's Cat Diary, Yon and Moo. So I've yes. literally never heard of this. I have. I've been told that there is a Junji Ito cat book and this is the somebody <laughs> said if you love cats don't read it don't read it i disagree yeah. i think you should read it i i was i picked this book specifically because i knew i was going to be talking to you about it and i know that you and i both have cats that we love dearly mm-hmm. <laughs> and i thought that you would appreciate it honestly 
the long-haired cat on the cover looks a lot like my cat Barry. <laughs> yeah. I see it. <laughs> um, so yeah, this book is very cute. I think <laughs> it's like um, it, it's a it's an autobiography um, where Junji Ito is describing um, him moving in to his house with his then fiance, now wife, um, in which she tells him that she's gonna bring one of her family's cats to live with them um and also uh talks him into a like uh getting a kitten as well so those are the two cats um and uh <laughs> Jan, who is uh the cat from her family's house um is he's got some unusual features like <laughs> he kind of has like a like a spooky face um but more notably he has like spots on him that kind of make it look like he has like a skull on his back he's a very spooky looking cat <laughs> and so you know he's talking like Gigi Joe says in the book that uh he refers to himself as Jay Coon the whole time but <laughs> apparently he uh he's very much a dog person going into this and uh does not care for cats met Yon at uh at her family's house um and <laughs> and was like terrified of this cat just like that he looks so spooky looks haunted like whatever all of these things and um <laughs> but over the course of the the book he first warms up more to moo who is the kitten that they get just because when you know you've had kittens before they're extremely cute so <laughs> you know when when presented with something that adorable you know you're kind of just meant to uh love it and so he does and then eventually you know warms up to yawn as well but the uh the the junji junji ito's um writing a drawing style his art style is the main vessel for humor in this so like you know, like, when you see something so cute, you just, like, want to punch it? Like, <laughs> you know, when you get, like, like cute aggressive? Like, <laughs> so he gets the, he, he uses his kind of, like, body horror, like, gore, like, <laughs> art style to depict him looking extremely frightening to his cats when he, you know, you know, when you go to, like, a new cat and they're really cute, but you can't come at them with all that energy or they get scared and they run away. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that's kind of what he's depicting is, like, he's coming at this cat with this terrifying energy, but it's really just that he thinks it's so cute, <laughs> like, wants to pet it. <laughs> and so, and <laughs> he also draws his uh, fiance um, with, like, no eyes or like with white eyeballs maybe and which i think is also really funny <laughs> because it works really well in that you know you know when you when you have cats long enough <laughs> and you just kind of become like a weirdo low-key <laughs> just because <laughs> just i don't know you just you start like doing things for the cats. You start changing your furniture for the cats. You you have like a giant cat tree in your house, and you, you know that's just a normal part of your life. And people who don't have cats to your <laughs> to the outside world, you look a little bit strange. And so, I think because she starts out pretty like 
in sync with the cats <laughs> and like vibing with them well that she gets like this creepy crazy face right away <laughs> <laughs> and, and she maintains it through the whole thing <laughs> but yeah it's just it's really funny it's it's a lot of like antics of like you know things like like he like tries to bribe the cats into sleeping on the bed with him for the first time because they don't want to sleep like near him <laughs> and like you know things like like playing practical jokes on his wife it's very it's very like slice of life but mm. but with like a weird horror art style <laughs> even though it's you know just perfectly mundane things of him hanging out with his cats and you know trying to befriend them as best he can so this sounds like definitely a book for me and other cat lovers out there yes i'm gonna recommend it to alex as well because <laughs> <laughs> i think he would very much appreciate it too um my one of my favorite things in the book um is there's like a small collection of like this book was published well the it was published in like monthly form in like a manga magazine originally mm -hmm. um in like 2008 um and so there's a bunch of like 2008 cell phone pictures of these two cats like, like a collage of the <laughs> in like the middle of it and it's very cute <laughs> that sounds fantastic but yeah you can see you can see how well the art style does them justice to like like i'm like okay this cat does kind of look a little creepy i see it i see it <laughs> <laughs> last last week we were talking about um uzumaki have you read that yes um i have and that's why i picked up this book specifically <laughs> I, I i that has a lot of notes that remind me of kind of how i'm feeling in one division yes because uh <laughs> it's unsettling it's not yes. it's not scary it's unsettling like there's one story that i've read where i was like oh this is this is no bueno i'm not interested in this which was the <laughs> the jack-in-the-box story oh yes <laughs> and that was the last one i read um i do intend on finishing it it gets worse <laughs> cool <laughs> so it's a steady uphill battle the whole time <laughs> i i feel like sometimes ito gives you like a bit of a break like the one about the hair was not was another it was more of an uneasy one than a horror one yeah like i think um i, I kind of i don't want to i i don't know what order they're in anymore so i don't want to like give you anything too much but i i would agree with that like i think that it's very much on the same like like oh this is creepy but you don't really know why kind of a thing um and like to the point where I I remember when I read it for the first time like um it was very it was unsettling like in in a way that stuck with me a little bit for like a little while and that you, you start noticing mm. like the spirals in your in just your day to day like they're not scary cuz you know you're an adult <laughs> but like <laughs> it's I? like oh look at that <laughs> like I had like the same the same kind of thing I feel like you know like when you when you like playing the same game for a long time, like I, I'm, the example that I'm drawn to is like the witness. And I think every time I saw like a circle and like a line coming off of it in any kind of a way, like out in the wild after the, like a week after I was pl playing the witness, like I was just like, Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. <laughs> or like when you close your eyes and you see guitar hero, like running. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's um, there's actually a term for that. I, I've forgotten oh, what yeah? it is. Um, but like the way that if you play Guitar Hero for long enough, the rest of the world starts moving upwards. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds really interesting. Um, it, it's definitely because like a, I love cats, but b, I've been finding a lot of like I've been really enjoying manga lately. Um, and the Uzumaki was is really good. Yeah. Um, I especially like um the like the art and the story seems so well put together yeah. i think that's something that you get from um the i think they're called manga mangaka like um manga creators the because in the majority of cases they're doing both they are doing the art and the writing right you get you, you can sometimes get something really interesting yeah, like I think I think especially if you liked the art from Uzumaki, I think that's why I ended up picking this up is just because I saw the cover and I was like, oh, this kind of looks I, I see what this is. <laughs> and like, if you liked the art from Uzumaki, you're going to like this. This is definitely much more feel good. Um, it's not really meant to. Like, I laughed the whole time. Like, I was reading this thing. It's definitely meant to be funny. It's not meant to, like, be creepy and unsettling, even though the art is still creepy and unsettling. But that's more the joke. <laughs> right. I get you. Cool. That's really interesting. Yeah. And actually, it said that his uh, his editor noticed that um, he used to draw cats, like, really creepy because he was, like, afraid of them from, like, some... Uh, interactions with scary stray cats as a child and so uh he, <laughs> the editor noticed when he started drawing the cats somewhat cute <laughs> in his manga and asked him like oh hey did you get a cat <laughs> he's like yeah actually <laughs> <laughs> so like his editor kind of pushed him to make this and i think it's really great i really do recommend it highly to you and to all lovers of cats <laughs> awesome um, i like that his editor suggested he do it not that it was like something from him yeah. that makes it an even more interesting thing yeah. for my uh for my pull list i have brought uh daredevil issue 26 but um very very slight detour before uh because we're current because we're talking about manga um i wanted to say that i have been reading a manga called Kanojo, I'm butchering Japanese spelling in every single episode so far. Like all all four, I have butchered some Japanese spelling. It's pronunciation. So it's called Kanojo Okarishimasu. Um, it's been adapted into an anime called Renter Girlfriend. Um, it's really really good. Um, it's like proper proper soap opera, um, and uh, it's the sort of thing that I'd probably recommend to people who have an interest in like Japanese culture. Uh, it is a bit pervy in the way that a lot of Japanese um, like stuff is. However, it's about adults, not school children. All right. <laughs> so step up. It's something. <laughs> yeah. Like the characters are like 20, 21, 19. Yeah. So it's like it doesn't make me feel like as much of a creepo to be <laughs> reading it. Um, it's really good. Um, I, I'm definitely going to bring it for a future episode, probably when I finished it. Um, I try only to bring like a short thing so that if someone wants to read along, they can do. But I think this is probably worth highlighting because it's not the sort of stuff that most comic readers would read. Um, even like 
I would imagine that stuff like shonen manga is going to be very popular with people who read superhero stuff and right. even some indie comics. But this is like, this is just like a pure romance, com- like almost romantic comedy, um, which is it's pretty cool. But back to Daredevil. So I'm going to give you a very small bit of background as to what is happening in Daredevil. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> this is going to be zero spoilers um, for everybody just because... Um, Daredevil's my favourite comic probably out at the moment. Um, it helps that I have a lot of love for Matt Murdock um, as a character. I think he's fantastic. Um, Charlie Cox plays him like basically perfectly in the Netflix show. So if you have watched Netflix's Daredevil, you've, you could probably just come straight into this comic without knowing anything else. I've seen some of it and dropped it. Not because I hated it, just because, you know... I guess I didn't love it enough to stick with it and got busy kind of a thing. Um, but it's, how it's much would I need to have well. watched to like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my husband was saying, my husband was saying that I am weirdly the perfect market for Quibi <laughs> before that 100. Because <laughs> I just, I, if it's an hour long, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I don't know. I definitely watched some of it. Um, could I still get into it if I wanted to? Like, I mean, or should I watch more? <laughs> um, I, I would say that, like, having a very basic knowledge of, like, basically the whole thing about Matt is his, like, driven by guilt um, more than most superheroes are driven by, like, that sense of responsibility or, like, maybe, a, like, a, a bit of revenge or justice for something that's gone wrong to them, whereas Matt thinks everything is his fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's Catholic, so like it's a lot of Catholic guilt. Yeah, I relate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if you're looking for a character that genuinely deals with a lot of Catholicism, I'm not a Catholic person, so I can't tell you whether it's well done. But I think it's well done from the outside. <laughs> As a former Catholic, I could I could definitely <laughs> take a look at it anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this is uh, Daredevil issue 26. Um, it got rebooted a couple of years ago. Um, well, not rebooted, like a new writer came on board. It's Chip Zdarsky, who you may know from being like genuinely a very funny writer. Yeah, I met him um, once actually at Comic-Con. Oh. He's extremely nice and draw a penis on my Jughead comic for me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, he's very funny on Twitter as well. He tweets a lot about. He tries to get Marvel to retweet his tweets a lot. <laughs> um, he'll like say something stupid, and then like the next tweet will be like RT please at Disney at Marvel, <laughs> which is very funny. Um, so yeah, he took over Daredevil at the new issue one. Um, the, the, the backstory for this series is that Charles Sewell, I can't, I've probably butchered that pronunciation as well. Um, he wrote, he was a lawyer and he wrote Daredevil for a few years. And uh, when his run was over, what the, he, Matt basically ha- is hit by a truck in a similar way that he was originally when he became Daredevil. Um, but this time he's like fully hit by the truck rather than just hit by like the radioactive ooze on the back of the truck. Mm-hmm. And um, he's in hospital and he's like, well, I'm basically buggered. I'm, I don't think I can be Daredevil anymore. 
um, and the Zadarsky wrote like kind of an intro, which was like Daredevil's done. What's Matt Murdock going to do? And the answer was become Daredevil again. Um, <laughs> but he's going in with like a lot more like physical issues than he's ever had before. Um, they get like, you know, as comic books do, they kind of forget that and heal him up over time. But like, uh, the, the fallout from having like, you know, kind of slower reactions and a bit less control is really highlighted very early on. And they also bring in, um, a new cop character who is, um, very, very anti-superhero and he's trying to catch uh, a dead owl and he's not super worried about doing it inside the law uh and then also uh wilson fisk is the mayor of new york in the marvel <laughs> universe at the moment so uh, matt's got it from all sides <laughs> um his secret identity is secret again though for the first time in a few years um so that's kind of the setup for the for the book um 25 issues later um there's been a couple of really major developments um i would i would happily say that to anyone who's interested in this it does not cross over with other stuff very often so you could absolutely read it on marvel unlimited not really worry about anything else um this issue that i'm talking about what is a tie-in to marvel's new venom crossover king in black and like I, the, all you need to know about King in Black is what is at the beginning of the comic, which is like, hey, the symbiotes are invading Manhattan. The symbiotes everywhere. Um, Daredevil is uh, like Matt is uh, kind of away from the city in like a quite hostile environment. Again, I won't. I, I don't want to even give a remote spoiler because <laughs> this is a fairly new storyline. Like a couple of months ago, this happened. And Matt's, uh, yeah, Matt's in like a pretty rough place. And this issue literally came out two days ago. So I don't want to talk too much about it in terms of like actually what happens. I just want to kind of reiterate that, uh, yeah, this is probably the best comic out right now. You've already convinced me to read it also because like, I mean, you know, but listeners might not like that, uh. I've been dealing with some, like, injuries myself and that, you know, and trying to figure out how to, like, <laughs> live my day-to-day -day life all over again is kind of weird sometimes. Um, so I'm interested in seeing that from a superhero perspective. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think the, the other important thing is uh, Matt's the only major superhero with a disability, and, like, yes, he can still be a superhero but he he can't see like he can't tell you what color something is he can't read books um well he can read books with his hands but like yeah. Zdarsky and like several other writers recently have taken matt's disability really seriously and i think that's really uh, like that's one of the reasons why i really like the character is that there's like a very serious treatment of his disability yeah that's cool yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the same as a normal blind person. Like, right. a normal blind person cannot, like, jump off a building and <laughs> know roughly where everything is. Um, <laughs> but um, Matt's, like, radar senses are, like, they aren't a replacement for his sight in a lot of ways. Like, he doesn't know what anyone looks like. Like, he knows his best friend by, like, the sound of his voice and the smell of his, like, body odour. 
<laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a really really good book. Um, there's a lot of awesome stuff in it, like Kingpin becoming the mayor. He's kind of like trying to go straight. Uh, there's a lot of tension between the man that he is and how he got there versus the kind of man he wants to be. Um, and like he tries to get in with um, like a super super like super elite Illuminati rich level of group of people um and that's really cool the way that storyline goes um there's uh, one of my favorite interactions ever is basically he kills somebody and he like he's not he's he's in like a public place in like a building and he goes out and he calls in the cleaner into this bathroom and he's like i'm going to kill you however if you clean this up and uh, i can give you i can place the blame on you I will give all of your family members a million dollars. And this guy's just like, well, I can't fight the kingpin. <laughs> so he just like, he's just crying his eyes out, like washing the blood off this floor. Oh, no. And the kingpin's just stood there like, when he's done, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, like, I've massively undersold how cool the moment is. Um, it is funny. Like, Zdarsky has written it very well but like in the moment I was like wow this is like genuinely really dramatic and excellent um so yeah like absolutely massive massive recommendation for Daredevil um it's I'm surprised it's taken me three episodes to sing its praises um the Charles Sewell run that was previous I cannot tell you whether it's any good or not because I massively fell off it mm. um and I don't know and I don't know why, really, because I do like Daredevil and I do like Charles Saul. But um, I think it was coming off of Mark Wade's run, which was like 100 issues that I read week to week for like five years. Right. So um, that, again, that will all be on Marvel Unlimited. And that's a, that again, that's a huge recommendation for me. That's probably one of the best Marvel runs ever. And like the fact that this Zdarsky run is better is really impressive. <laughs> I'm excited to get into it sure yeah I like it starts with you could you could go straight into issue one and i think that they run through what's uh they run through what's previously happened in uh in the like uh pre preceding uh miniseries there's like a three or four issue miniseries which is like set up and transfer from one writer to the other um but i don't like I'll, I'll see if I can try and find it and send you what the the, the miniseries is called because again that will be on Marvel Unlimited. Um, but the the actual series you could just go straight in at number one and I bet you'd be fine. Uh, you 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 need to know very little about Daredevil history. They kind of tell you everything. All right. I mean, yeah. Like I have I have some background knowledge. It's just not you know. It's not like Daredevil is never in my favorite. You know. <laughs> yeah, I I think that like knowing the kind of characters that you like i think matt could absolutely be one of your faves yeah um, you think the, so like the way he's written is really cool there's some fantastic interactions with spider-man in the book um where like spider-man's like matt i think you kind of might be like out of control and i can absolutely take you down but i'm gonna give you a chance <laughs> uh, and matt's like on the other side of the room like i can hear his muscles coiling like wire <laughs> 
Um, it's very cool. Um, so I guess that's it for this week's episode. Um, we've talked about all our topics. Um, if you read any of the comics that we discussed or, uh, or you liked or disliked the show and want to let us know about it, you can email us at comics at fix.space or you can tweet us at fixpodcast. Please rate and review us on the podcast service of choice as that helps more people find the show. Uh, thanks again to Jeff Davis for our wonderful intro music for editing the show and thanks everyone for listening. Uh, thanks Erica for joining in. Thanks for having me. And we'll be back next week with more Wonder Vision. Bye.